We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, everyone, to the Week 11 edition of the RotoWire NFL Podcast, the waiverware edition of the RotoWire Podcast, of course, brought to you by our friends at Circus Sports. A bit better of a wave of wire period, a few running backs, a few receivers that are worth noting. We're going to get to all those guys, uh, at least who you should be thinking about, who we should be trying to target as we get closer to the fantasy football trade deadline and what could likely be the postseason for a lot of folks in a couple of weeks. So let's get to the music here. Again, welcome everyone to the Tuesday edition of the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Joe Bartle. You can follow me at Twitter on JB Fantasy Sports alongside me every week. Jake Latarski at Roto Jake. We got Week Ten in the books. Obviously, uh, offense actually took place. Jake, it was wonderful to see, uh, and we're going to have a lot of the bad buy teams now to come. So four teams on buy this week. It's the Falcons, Colts, Patriots. Saints, of those four, you're missing, what, Bijan Robinson, a few of the scrubby guys for the Colts Patriots. Basically all the guys that you, like, want to save from yourself, right? Bijan, Ramondre, Derek yes. Carr, Michael yes. Thomas, all these players that uh, that yeah, you keep starting because you feel like you have to, and now they're act- you're actually forced to bench them. Yeah, no, it's, it's great. Uh, I think we're going to enter that period for a lot of teams, maybe a few good offenses left. But for the most part, you know, the Eagles, Dolphins, Chiefs, uh, those types of teams all happen over the past couple weeks, so that's – Fantastic. Jeff Rogers is asking if uh, we should pick up Noah Brown. We'll get to that, Jeff, in a little bit uh, in terms of what Noah Brown's fantasy value Mm -hmm. is. Another electric game for the Texans receiver. And I want to jump right into it, uh, Jake, in terms of our top five list. Exactly. Let's go. uh, We we have some same names for a lot of this that we've we've repeated over past weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I think there is a changing of the guard, at least for a few of these lower end fantasy guys that you might want to consider. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. So I'll, I'll just go ahead and start. I put Noah Brown as my number one pickup here. I'll admit that he was not on my radar last week mm. after um, b- because uh, he came out with a limited practice, right? And then, uh, and then of course, he ended up not practicing Thursday. Or, I'm sorry, because Nico Collins came out with a limited Correct, pra- yeah. practice. And then Collins ended up not practicing Thursday and Friday. So even with Robert Woods back, Noah Brown was massive. He was wide receiver two behind Tank Dell in snap share, in route runs, in air yards, 133 air yards. Finished with seven for 172, which means he's doing it after the catch, too. So he's um, he, he looks good. I think this Texans offense is awesome. Stroud is awesome. And uh, you got to continue to get pieces of that. Uh, That being said, no, Jeff, I would not drop Zay Flowers for Noah Brown. Yeah. Flowers, five catches for 73 yards last week. uh, Clearly the number one receiver in offense. It's pretty good. They have a tough matchup Thursday, Yep. but what you mentioned with Noah Brown, I think is key here that regarding Nico Collins specifically, if he returns, does Noah Brown still have the same value? Robert Woods has been banged up the past two weeks as well. So while I think this offense is good enough to have multiple guys have fantasy success, mm-hmm. once Nico Collins returns, I just don't see Noah Brown yeah. getting 150-plus yards. I think you carry them all, work. and you wait for the carousel of injuries. And there'll, there'll be opportunities mm-hmm. like this where when one of those four guys gets hurt, the other three are all going to be pretty fantasy viable. And even though Robert Woods is out there for 61% of snaps, I mean, he only got three targets compared to eight for Noah Brown. You could say there's, you know, a little bit of warm up, a little bit of easing in. Woods was one for 15. So, you know, who knows what kind of role he'll have. Yeah. So you have Noah Brown, uh, number one on your list, still 
available in 75% of Yahoo leagues, which is important to note, even though it feels like we've been talking about him now for a month. My number one guy is Ty Chandler, running back uh, for the Vikings. Obviously, Cam Akers last week went on injured reserve with another Achilles tear. That's tough for him. Alexander Madison suffered a concussion in Sunday's win over the Saints. We know the history of concussions in the NFL this year. You typically miss at least one game. Uh, Last week was a burn on my budget on Keaton Mitchell. We'll talk about him in a little bit as well, too. If you didn't do that and you need a running back this week, and you might, given the bye weeks, Jonathan Taylor, Alvin Kamara, (laughs) stuff like that, uh, Ty Chandler is absolutely my top pick, but I think will be a very easy flex play, even in a tougher matchup this week. A tougher matchup? Doesn't he have the Broncos this week? Yeah, well, you're you're right. You're right. I guess I'm thinking of the Broncos' defensive past years, and that's, we ha- that's we not have, fair. We have we have um, good even with the fumbles. You know, the Broncos played good against uh, the Bills last night. You know, we didn't touch on Monday Night Football. We don't really do that anymore. But uh, uh, you know, they turned Josh Allen over all these times, and uh, you know, the fumbles and whatnot. But really, the Broncos they're um, they're terrible against running backs. They're like at least going into last week, they were 32nd against opposing backs in standard formats. Like. That's the team that remember the Dolphins ran all over H A yeah, and Mostert, like and that probably skews the stats. I guess, if you're looking recently. at, if, I'm sure from a DVOA type metric, the Packers are pretty close to dead last. But from a fantasy points per game allowed, you know, purely that's purely that, and you know, maybe not. That's not the right stat to look at. Maybe you do want to be looking at some DVOA. But the Broncos, um, yeah, dead last in fantasy points allowed to opposing running backs, as in they're giving up the most. Is what I'm saying. So. Right. Uh, uh, it's a great matchup, and then they have uh, the Bears, uh, which, again, they're below average against opposing backs, 22nd, and then, of course, they have a bye week, so that, just know that the Vikings haven't had their bye yet. Um, so that's important for me. Um, I like, I, I certainly like Chandler um, because, you know, he's just kind of the guy there by default, right, with Akers right. out, Madison will miss a game. Ken Nwangwu, um Played. Typically, the return guy, right? Like that's yeah. Part of he played like nineteen percent of snaps. Yeah, he played nineteen percent of snaps in the uh, fourth quarter. So it was like uh, Madison took sixty-two percent snaps in the first half, then suffered the concussion in the third quarter. Chandler played seventy-five percent in the fourth quarter. Uh, Kenny Nwangu, nineteen uh, percent. So I'm sure RB two is going to be someone that gets elevated from the practice squad or signed or something along those right. lines. Um, I was going to say, I, I wish I knew the practice squad a little bit better. Uh, I, don't I, I couldn't. I couldn't tell you. I think there's. I think there's a realm where there's some guys that might actually be more viable than Ty Chandler. I don't think he's actually very good at the game of football, but by default, he becomes a yeah. top fantasy option this week with Alexander Madison mm-hmm. likely not playing, given the history of concussions. This yeah, skill wise, I'm definitely not sold on it. Like he's had similar opportunities in the past and never really made that leap. But this is just all opportunity. It's an all, all totally opportunity play right now. And I actually I had Chandler down at four on my list because I've my my number two and three are are maybe cheat codes. One's forty-eight percent and one's fifty percent, and they're retreads yeah. from last week. But uh, you know, hey, fifty percent's our threshold, right? Uh, yeah, so- the way the way we do these top five lists, I always try to at least get some people that at least are in my leagues, which are not that deep, but certainly you know, mm-hmm. you, you're deeper yeah. than the ones that you're recommending. I want to at least uh, prioritize them a bit higher. Mm-hmm. So I, I my mindset is, I just want to pick up the player that's going to help my team the most. That's underneath the threshold here. So that's why I put Keaton Mitchell at number two on my list because he's only 48 percent rostered. Um, there's of course going to be some questions about usage, right? Keaton Mitchell, you know, if there's a, he would have grade A skill and maybe grade C minus opportunity, whereas whereas Chandler is maybe grade C minus <laughs> skill and grade A opportunity, right? Uh, so it's the it's the absolutely the other way around. But Keaton Mitchell uh, scored that touchdown early last week on a nice play. Then wasn't really used a whole lot the rest of the game. But um, you know, as far as someone that has uh, rest of season upside, uh, Keaton Mitchell far more than uh, than uh, Ty, Chandler, Ty Chandler. And then my number three, two Devin Singletary, fifty percent right on the dot. Kind of a cheat code, but he is RB one in that Texans offense that we have been uh, that we have been discussing. Um, yeah, so Pierce has been injured, but yep. Singletary might have just taken that job no matter what if yeah, Pierce exactly. back. And he carried the ball thirty times on Sunday yeah. for one hundred fifty in a score. I mean, that is uh, that is elite level production. It should be his job. Yeah, it's it's a good offense and a guy that's getting more involved in there. That is at fifty percent roster. I'd imagine for most folks means that he's not available. So that's why I had uh, Ty Chandler one. I have Noah Brown number two. I split my number three with a guy that uh, in the case of who is available this week as opposed to long-term value. So mm-hmm. I have Rondell Moore and A.T. Perry tied at my number three spot. So Rondell Moore, obviously, uh, what, 30-year second-year receiver for the Cardinals, a, a d- dynamic threat that we thought would get more involved when you had a better quarterback play than just Josh Dobbs. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Kyler Murray makes his return. 
does pretty good, still running around, looks looks like the Kyler Murray of old, and lo and behold, Rondell Moore had more value. Then there's A.T. Perry, the rookie receiver for the Saints. Michael Thomas was injured pretty early on in that loss to the Vikings. It sounds like it's going to be a significant long-term injury. The Saints are on bye this week, so maybe A.T. Perry doesn't have value for then. But rest of season, this is a guy that ran a 4-4-7 at the 40-yard dash uh, at the Combine. I think is going to be a really impactful receiver when you have Derek Carr or Jameis Winston throwing mm-hmm. behind center for the Saints. And uh, again, they're on by this week, but I think rest of season is a guy I want on my roster if Michael Thomas is missing most time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like A.T. Perry is someone that'll cost you zero. He's 0% rostered. I believe that after this week, he'll be 99% free, and then we'll get some uh, we'll get some contact. Yeah, context on Michael Thomas, and then maybe he becomes uh, interesting there. I've just uh, I've just been burned so much by Saints this year, and you never really quite know what it's going to be. So uh, you, you I'm knew a little... it was going to be with Michael Thomas. That 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 was a formality entering the season. I try to talk you out of it. Don't he don't was upset consistent? Yourself. I mean, there's a value in a player who's getting eight to ten fantasy points a week for the first eight nine weeks of the season. Yes, now he got hurt, but he wasn't losing me matchups. I'll say that. You didn't get burned. We, we knew what Michael Thomas was going to be. We always He's always going to get injured. He's always going to be blah. It's fine. All right. So you had mm-hmm. Ty Chandler, number four. Yep. Who is your fifth guy? Uh, I, threw, the uh, I threw Brandon Cooks on here uh, from the Cowboys again. Maybe overreacting to a pretty big game here, and obviously you have the, the opponent that's the Giants, but uh, but Brandon Cooks had the game of, uh, I think our note says breaks out of a two-year slump or, or no, maybe the, <laughs> <laughs> something like that. That's great. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, 9 to 10 targets for 173 and a touchdown. Obviously, C.D. Lamb is that guy. Um, but it's clear now that it's, uh, you know, Cooks is wide receiver two and maybe Ferguson's wide receiver three ahead of Gallup. I saw a couple people, even in deep, deep leagues, dropping Gallup this week. Of course, you can do that uh, because because that's fair. But no, Brandon Cooks, this could have been a uh, maybe a little bit of an awakening moment that uh, Dak realized he has, has something here. Or maybe uh, the offense is, uh, at least in the passing game, is starting to really, really click now. Cowboys are great at beating up on bad teams. We'll see uh, if they have a little bit of that Dolphin syndrome when the schedule heats up mm-hmm. here. But there's some. Pre- it's a pretty nice schedule uh, for the rest of the season for them. It just that division in general has some good fantasy matchups here. So I threw Cooks at number five. He's only yep. 38% rostered. He was someone that was drafted a lot early on. Then people kind of got frustrated uh, with his production, and then he had to buy. So the ownership went down, down, down. And then I, you know, I had to take a look. Man, 38%. And also, I, I did want to make a point on Keaton Mitchell and Singletary. While they're 48% and 50% in Yahoo leagues, they're far lower in like NFL.com leagues when I, when I was uh, scoping around. So that could still help some. And I mean, I, I don't remember the exact figure. I should have wrote it down. But I mean, we were talking around 35% for these guys. So definitely, um, you know, you want to take a look. Well, you had mentioned Brandon Cooks. I actually like Rico Dowdle, the uh, backup running back for the Cowboys. Because they play the Panthers this week, we just watched the Cowboys annihilate a very bad football team of the Giants. Uh, I would imagine the Panthers' offense might be a bit more competent, not that much more. Uh, But I think the Cowboys will once again be insane. And we have seen now repeatedly, multiple times this season, when when there's times where the Cowboys are just annihilating an opponent, they don't really need to utilize uh, Tony Pollard to the extent that fantasy managers would have hoped entering the season. And Dottle, you know, back running back for the Cowboys, got a lot of workload uh, last week, and I think it could be the same again this week. So if you missed out on the Ty Chandler sweepstakes, I think Dottle's an- another consolation prize in deeper leagues. Yeah, an interesting uh, stat that I didn't mention with Cooks that was maybe even uh, like to detract from Cooks is that the Panthers are number three against wide receivers, the third best in standard, and four in PPR formats, and that shocked me. It's like, how is a team so bad that good against opposing wide receivers? Then I looked. It's because that is. The, it's because they're so terrible um, against the run. Right, the running backs go nuts, and uh, then they end up with these huge deficits late in games, and then don't have to worry about. Um, you know, don't have to worry about their defending wide receivers because teams aren't passing in the fourth quarter. So yes, if, if we have another blowout scenario, Dowdle is interesting. However, um, I really think he's limited to those types of games. Um, and you know we can we can talk a little bit more about that uh, later on. He did have 12 carries compared to 15 for Pollard, but again, uh, most of these guys I don't believe Pollard played 95% of the snaps before halftime in that game. That's what I was looking up while I was kind of stalling there. So, um, so so uh, so yeah, that's interesting. But I, I don't see him as much more than a Pollard handcuff at this point. That's fine. I'm just saying they play the Panthers. They're favored by 11 and a half points despite this game being in Carolina next <laughs> week. 
you might just need a one-week starter, and that's totally fine. So Richard sure. Battle makes my list uh, top five. And the final one, uh, just to split between quarterbacks here, Matthew Stafford and Russell Wilson. Obviously, Wilson leads the team, and the officials lead the team for the Broncos over the Bills last night. Uh, I think Russell Wilson's looked pretty good, and that touchdown pass to Cortland Sutton felt like vintage Russell Wilson. And then the pass interference to Jerry Judy felt like what we've seen of Russell Wilson the past two years, just a complete miss. Uh, on the throw, a very Jordan Love esque uh, five yards. That ball had the uh, most hang time. The, the most hang time I have ever for a twenty five yard throw. Yeah, yeah, for a twenty exactly. You just <laughs> uh, I, I don't know if he was getting hit or what, but he just oh he was it was going against the all out blitz. Yeah. He was about to get murdered, chucked it straight up in the air. So there's your Monday Night Football recap. <laughs> Again, th- I as a fan of the officials, man, I am eating this season. It's been a fantastic year for my fandom. Don't ask about any other teams besides that. So, uh, yeah, I, I, Russell Wilson against the Vikings. Obviously, Vikings defense isn't all that good, uh, and that you have Matthew Stafford starting against the Seahawks defense, also not all that good uh, to consider if you need to stream some quarterbacks. So that does it for us in our top five list. Again, Jake's top five list, uh, a bit more of the top-end guys that are likely not available in some formats. Noah Brown, number one, Keith Mitchell, number two, Singletary, number three, Ty Chandler, four, Brandon Cooks five. I want I want the more extreme route with guys that are rostered or at least mm-hmm. not rostered. Ty Chandler makes my top overall list. Then Noah Brown, who again only twenty five percent rostered Yahoo leagues. At Perry or Rondale Moore, both under ten percent. And Jake mentioned you could probably get Perry next week because the Saints are on by. Then there's Rico Dottle going against the Panthers this week and Matthew Stafford or Russell Wilson to end our top five list. Uh, real quick, let's get a word from our sponsors, Blue Wire, and then we'll dive right into the running backs. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. All right, we're back in uh, talking running backs overall. I had mentioned Ty Chandler was number one on my list and probably needs to be at least considered in every format, given that Alexander Madison, we anticipate, mm-hmm. will not play next week after suffering a concussion uh, in that win over the Saints. Yeah, I mean, like I kind of said at the beginning of the show, um, he, the the skill, the eye test, all these kinds of things, aren't really there 
and he didn't have any catches on eight routes. That's the other note that I had. But uh, like I said, the opportunity is going to be elite. There's no Cam Akers. There's almost certainly no Madison. Uh, then he's got a return guy and a practice squad guy to compete with for touches here against the worst run defense in the league in terms of fantasy points allowed to opposing uh, running backs here. So uh, there's a lot to like about Chandler's matchup. But I truly believe that it's only a one-week thing, and that's why you know I'll say it again. You have to at least look for Devin Singletary and Keaton Mitchell because those guys are right at the 50-50 threshold. Those are better pickups. and Because, I mean, Singletary's RB1 rest of season. Mitchell's a viable flex the rest of the season, even if he's not RB1. Um, Chandler is really good for one week, maybe two weeks, and then uh, and then bye weeks. So, uh, but, you know, at, at which point Madison will be back. So, yeah, yes, I'm interested in Chandler this week. Yes, I will make bids on him this week. Um, but uh, it's not – I don't – I don't think he's someone that I'm going to blow all my fab, the remaining fab budget for just because, uh, you know, I still want to save a little bit, I guess. I So I have Elvin Kamara in a few leagues, and I have Jonathan Taylor in a few leagues, and I know you do too. Mm-hmm. In the event that one of those two I, guys I've actually gone, been successfully trading Jonathan Taylor away. I'm down to one Jonathan Taylor. Okay, okay good good job. Good job on that. Um, in the event that I'm, I'm missing one of those guys, I am going all in on the fab budget because I think Ty Chandler does end up playing – a decent amount this week. Uncle Ted in the comments mentioned Dwayne McBride likely gets called from the practice squad. That's actually important to me because I, I had McBride and we had talked about him at the beginning of the season before we were doing our drafts. Like I, I thought McBride was actually the best backup for the Vikings. Of course, they traded for Cam Akers pretty early on. McBride never made the active roster, has been bounced around in the practice squad quite a bit to the active roster, never playing. But that was a guy in Minnesota that actually was a talented running back, and we've never been able to say the same about Ty Chandler in the NFL or in college. So well, Seventh round pick out of UAB. Yeah, yeah I was going to say Minnesota. I'm not sure why I said Minnesota. Because he plays for the Vikings. <laughs> well, no, I, I thought it's, it's whatever. I, 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 again, I, I always mentioned 1,700 yards and 19 touchdowns at UAB. Um, not, bad. not bad. I'm a disciple of Mario Puig and John McKechnie, and they have been touting Dwayne McBride now for a while, touting. I mean, he was a day three pick for a reason. But they think that he's pretty good. So when they're on a guy, they're, they're normally right. And they have also been really off Ty Chandler. So it's a one-two combo that makes me a little bit nervous. That being said. I think both of those guys are going to end up with like 12 carries for 36 and 38 yards. No, no, no. Is, I, is I think, how that's going to go. I mean, no. okay. Actually, okay. So maybe 48 and 50 yards because it's the Broncos. <laughs> maybe. I feel like McBride probably gets like 14 carries. Uh, 14? In that 70 to 80 yard range. And then I could see McBride getting six or seven as well, too, depending on what oh, the score. Oh, you said McBride first. I was like, wait a minute. You, you, McBride's going to get 14 carries? No, 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 So no. Just, just a quick correction. You think Chandler gets 14 carries yes, in the 80 yard range? Okay. Yes. Yes, Ty Chandler, 14 carries, 80-yard range, and McBride, maybe that 6-7 to seven range. That's a little more reasonable than what we were going with at yeah. the beginning. I, I still like Keaton Mitchell more, and obviously you mentioned Singletary as well, too. Um, rest of season, I think Keaton Mitchell really does have a lot of fantasy value because he is electric. It was the same thing I said last week. I got it wrong with Devon Achan. I'm not getting it wrong with Keaton Mitchell, and I think that offense rest of season is going to be better in the Ravens. Uh, than anything else. So that's one of the names. I mentioned Rico mm-hmm. Donald as well, too. Uh, they play the Panthers this week. That's all I need. If I am really hurting <laughs> at running back, again, Alvin Kamara, Jonathan Taylor out. I have a lot of Kamara and not a lot of backup options. It's Zach Charbonnet and Rico Donald for me. I might be playing Rico Donald. That's that's how confident I feel mm-hmm. the Cowboys will kick the butts of the Panthers. Yeah, I mean, we're, while I like where, I mean, we've been recommending Charbonnet for a couple of weeks where I like, we're still like where his uh, direction is headed. It's really the same story last week where, yes, he's trending in the right direction. Still, the production's not there yet. So, uh, you know, I agree with that. I guess if it was down to Dowdle or, or Charbonnet, I'd, I'd probably start Dowdle next week there. So, uh, uh, yeah, throwing that out there here. Um, did I have anything else on Dowdle? Yeah, Carolina, second most points to opposing running backs in standard and PPR formats, if I hadn't mentioned that before. So uh, definitely a matchup that you want to look at this week, but I think it's a one and done. You, I could easily see you cutting him, you know, a week after uh, this week when, he's, when he gets some higher usage. I, uh, I This is not on the show sheet, but Jake, I think you and I could probably talk confidently about this. I have no idea what the value of A.J. Dillon is right now, but this might be one of the few weeks where I feel confident saying you could play A.J. Dillon going against the Chargers defense in Lambeau. Um, I, I think he's probably rostered at like 60% of leagues. But See, he was I, – I actually have him in the Invitational because somebody okay. dropped him. Um, he's rostered in 60% of leagues, yeah, Yahoo League. So I mean, that means he's available in 40%. You have another good stream. I'd actually I'd take Dylan over Chandler this week, probably. 
I, I would too. Yeah, actually, yeah, I would as well too. Uh, I, that's how confident I feel that the Packers will at least run the ball often and will have opportunities against that defense, which has been not very good when teams have chose to run the ball against the Chargers defense. So that's another one to consider. And along the same vein, is the Bears trio of running backs and Khalil Herbert is getting closer to getting activated off injured reserve. Remember, that's how Deonta Foreman became a thing because Herbert was placed on injured reserve. There's still Roshan Johnson impacting things as well, too, for the Bears, although very lackluster. Uh, and then Fields likely is playing this week against the Lions, who are favored by double-digit points uh, in that contest, too. So is there any one of those that is interesting to you? I mean, Khalil Herbert's interesting, right? I mean, 66% rostered. It's not like there's a ton of availability. I mean, for me, I held on to him in leagues that I had an IR spot, cut him in leagues that I didn't. Yep. Um, but he's someone that you definitely look at because um, – I don't think neither of us think particularly highly of uh, Deontay Foreman, but Deontay Foreman must have done enough to separate himself from Roshan Johnson given the significant advantage he has in snaps and touches. I think Khalil Herbert gets into that mix and also has a role as a pass catcher here, so uh, I would absolutely take a look at him. And then the only other name I wrote down here, Tajay Spears. I know we keep, he, he, gets a, he gets a footnote every single week. This week he actually had like 10 PPR points, outscored Derrick Henry by like six or seven points. Um, Frustrating. Yeah, very frustrating. But uh, but yeah, Tajay Spears is uh, is interesting to me, and he's only forty percent rostered. So I could very easily like if you don't need a running back to start this week and you're stashing, I still put I'd probably put Tajay Spears over Chandler on the list. I would I would drop Spears for Chandler. Like I, I think. I mean, it's it, it depends it, it's if rest you of need, season. If you need a starter or if it's yeah. rest of season. Rest of season, it's easily Spears. Need a starter, it's Chandler. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Uh, I'm seeing a lot of trade questions in the chat. We'll get to those at the end of the show. Uh, but Samuel asks, do you pick up Jalen Guyton or Quentin Johnston given Keenan Allen's shoulder injury? Keenan Allen, it's listed as day-to-day. That doesn't impact things too much. But we will talk about the Chargers receivers and other receivers here right after our, our word from our sponsor, Circus Sports. Get ready for the ultimate big game parties at Circa Resort and Casino. Super Sundays in Las Vegas this year. You can watch the big game poolside at Stadium Swim's Big game viewing party, massive screen, booming game sound, and a view of the pyrotechnic and visual effects going on all throughout the game. Snag the best seat in the sun with day beds, poolside boxes, cabanas, and more, or touch down at the world's largest sportsbook resorts, uh, Circa Sports for the Big Game Bash. Three stories of football glory featuring a 78 million pixel screen. Book your seat with a variety of reservation options, including bottle service, open bar, stadium-style food, and more. Don't miss these legendary viewing experiences February 11th. The big game parties only at Circa Resort and Casino Reserve today at CircaLasVegas.com. I also want to get a word from our sponsors. Splash, Word Aware, is proud to sponsor and partner with Splash Sports for the 2023 fantasy football season. Splash Sports empowers gaming commissioners to earn by creating contests. Commissioners can set up contests, add their style, and enjoy the evolving Splash Sports platform for customized preferences. From daily to season-long contests, Splash Sports caters to various playing styles such as DFS, Pick-X, and Traditional Survivor. And unlike traditional sports books, Splash Books pits you against your friends, family, not the house. Splash goes beyond betting, a space where friends can connect, strategize, and share in excitement of sports. We're aware we'll be running weekly DFS tier contests on Splash all season long. Can you beat the RotoWire experts? Visit rotowire.com slash, uh, slash splash to enter today. So last week we had talked about receivers, Tank Dell, uh, DeMario Douglas, Darius Slayton. There have been a few other guys. And I think Noah Brown certainly is the top option on the list this week. And again, it matters the f- status of Nico Collins. But Noah Brown might just be playing his way into the role regardless. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I, I said most of what I had to say uh, on Noah Brown right at the beginning. I ranked him as my number one pickup. I uh, I like what I saw. Obviously, 172 yards is not a fluke uh, when you're targeted eight times and you catch 70 of them. And he did a lot of that after the catch. So I think um, everybody, I mean, everybody, Noah Brown, um, uh, Nico Collins, and uh, Tank Dell are all absolutely should be rostered. Robert Woods, I'm a little bit more hesitant on. You know, he only had one catch in his return. Maybe they're easing him, easing him back in. But uh, those top three guys should all be rostered, and um, they're a, a decent enough flex play when people are healthy, and they suddenly become an elite play when uh, any one of those guys is injured. So uh, we're looking at that. And plus, the Texans already had their bye. They're coming up. They got their home against the Cardinals, their home against the Jags, and their home against the Broncos in their next three matchups. It's a great. Uh, all those, all those teams are. Dead center of the pack or lower, 
in fantasy points allowed to opposing wide receiver per game. And, um, you know, we'll see what's going on with Nico Collins, too, because remember, if you didn't catch us at the start of the show, he was limited to start the week and then was downgraded to out on Thursday and Friday. Mm, so, um, you know, training in the wrong direction here. We'll see what's going on with that calf injury and, uh, you know, how long of an absence that might be. So, uh, yeah, Noah Brown was my top guy. Then there's Demario Douglas, we've talked about in past weeks, still yep. involved, easily the team's top pass catcher. Yeah. Uh, Bailey Zappi might be your quarterback after the bye, I, you know, whatever. You you can still have a good pass catcher on a bad team, and I think that's what Demario Douglas is for the Patriots. Yeah, I wanted to make a note on Demario Douglas, even though he wasn't in my top five with the bye week upcoming, having a lot to do with that. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, I mean, if you woke up early and watched that, was it Germany? I forget. Uh, um, and watched that game, uh, Demario Douglas definitely looked uh, – he, he, pa- he passed the eye test in it. Now, 74% of snaps and seventy-eight and 88% of routes. Technically, he was second to Juju Smith-Schuster in both, but Juju only had one target for nine yards and 10 air yards. So it was really weird that Juju was out on the field for all of that time and was so little involved in the offense here, whereas Demario Douglas, right, nine targets, ends up with six for 84. Obviously, the problems are, one, that the, okay, so... Uh, Demario Douglas, the other note I had, only player to see more than five targets on the whole team. But then we have the problems here, right? That the Patriots aren't by. Um, I'm holding him in my 16-team leaguer. He's not a cut option for me this week. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick through it and uh, think of him as a possible flex option rest of the season. Like he's he's producing more for me than uh, than like a Jamison Williams in that type of format, mm-hmm. which is you know which are the kind of flex options I'm looking for. Uh, you know I'm looking at. And uh, then, of course, this is a QB situation post by. I mean, Belichick basically rage benched, like like when someone rage quits Madden, right? He, yes. he rage benched bench Mac Jones so he could yell at him in that final drive while he sent Bailey Zoop uh, out to. Uh, oh, Zoopy. We're, we're back to this. This oh, is something we did hey, last year. I, it's never going to get out of my head. The Patriots fan behind me at the Packer game <laughs> insisted it was pronounced Bailey Zoop. We Zupa. are over it. Was like a, it was this. like an Italy thing. The guy insists, and I, I can look right back to that guy thinking, Bailey Zoop, I swear. I, Bailey Zappi. The guy was so sure, like dead confident, serious. Anyway, Bailey Zappi. um, In that last drive, he did look almost exclusively to Pop Douglas. So I think, um, well, one, you can't get much worse than how Mac Jones has been playing now, right? Mm -hmm. And two, uh, if uh, Zappi is dialing in on Douglas the same over the course of a full game, I wouldn't be surprised to see double-digit targets a few more times the rest of the season. So Douglas interests me a lot. Real quick, Randy Miller asks, is Noah Brown a must-start with no Nico Collins? I don't I don't know if that's the case uh, in a lot of matchups, but the way the Texans' offense is playing, and when we have information that Nico Collins is not out there, yes, I th- it would obviously depend on who you have available, but right now, again, with four teams on by, a lot of injuries throughout mm-hmm. the season, I would imagine for most people, Noah Brown is a must-start, must especially if you're – having multiple flex plays or something like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, he did put some context in there. He said he has Gibbs, Brees Hall, well, and he's Jerome Well, he Ford. was also asking about Keaton Mitchell. Is he a must-start with those running backs? Oh. So no, it was no on Keaton Mitchell. Yeah, so you never Gibbs, know. Brees yeah. Hall, and Jerome Ford. Yeah, you might just be fortunate enough to have the team stack. I, there's, there's no player outside of the top five at each position that is a must-start, you know, necessarily – um, right. there always is, there always is context. So, uh, but in this case, it, it seems like he, uh, should be someone you get there. All right. Uh, moving down the list, we kind of already took, uh, Brandon cooks. We talked about that already. Um, yeah. Uncle Ted has like some insane optimism for, for Brandon cooks. Just so you understand, would you have Noah Brown or Brandon cooks rest of the season? Where do you where are you at? Um, I mean Noah Brown. I, I ranked him number one over. Uh, Cooks I would on my have list Noah Brown. Week. I would have a lot of receivers over Brandon Cooks. I, I think this was kind of a mirage, mm-hmm. uh, and I I get concerned that in bad matchups like he has against the Panthers this week, you can say, oh well, this passing attack is only going to be available for half, and then in good matchups, aren't you just throwing to Ceedee Lamb and Jake Ferguson? And- yeah. Well, that's the Why thing. CeeDee Lamb is definitely the guy. And you know what was fun here? I, you know, I put some devil's advocate notes on here. Um, uh, okay, so here's a point against Cooks. Um, he only had 5% more snaps and three more routes than Michael Gallup. And Jalen Tolbert also had more snaps and routes. But, again, you can say that this game was uh, over a little bit early here. The other thing, though, um, after Carolina this week, it's bottom half defenses against opposing wide receivers for the rest of the season. For uh for for the Cowboys here, so there's a lot of uh, very juicy matchups here. 
you know, Commanders, Seattle. Uh, the only one that's right in the middle is Buffalo, but, you know, what, what are you going to say about them now? So, uh, yeah, um, it's, uh, it's a soft rest of season schedule. It's a great, I mean, CeeDee Lamb's about to have an all-time season. Is, is I guess what I'm going to say. So we should should we try to acquire C.D. Lamb at this point? That's interesting. The I'm, I'm looking at the box score. So four catches for 36 and a touchdown in week six by, then three catches for 49 yards and a touchdown week eight. Uh, at, at no point he's had over four targets in just one game prior to last week. Like I don't know why things changed suddenly, uh, and I don't know if it's just well the Giants slot corner or something like that, like a, a specific matchup because. Why else are they utilizing Brandon Cooks to that extent? I I have, I think of zero interest uh, relative to Noah Brown, but maybe in uh, other formats where you need a wide receiver four or five, that's fine. And I know what you're saying with the defenses too, Jake. It's like, are you like, oh, I can't wait to start against the Eagles? I know they allowed a lot of points to fantasy receivers, but it's still a really good defense typically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think like the Dolphins get Jalen Ramsey, uh, and I, I'm not. I don't understand the Brandon Cook's optimism. Uh, Uncle Ted has led us astray with Roshan Johnson a number of times, so maybe I should just be <laughs> ignoring that advice overall. But he also was in Adult Schultz, who's been really good. So uh, one for one on Uncle Ted recommendations, who is very, very, very in on Brandon Cooks. Let's continue on with Rondell Moore. And again, uh, the conversation with A.T. Perry. Saints on by. I understand it's a rookie receiver. If Michael Thomas is done for the rest of the season or something like that, and he had legal troubles also this weekend, I like the idea because the Saints are going to have to pass more. Marshawn Lattimore also suffered an extensive injury as well, too, so that hurts the defense. I know Derek Carr isn't very good. I understand Jameis Winston might be just as good, but that offense can cater three receivers with Rashid Shahid also being in there. And in deeper formats that I'm playing in, Jake, I, I think A.T. Perry is absolutely worth a stash if you have an available spot. And the same feeling I have for Rondell Moore, who's actually proven it and has Kyler Murray now back in our center for the Cardinals. I like both those guys a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm very interested in Rondell Moore, actually, and had picked him up in a couple of leagues last week. Just in, It was like one of those where I needed to pick up somebody just to kind of fill dead weight on the roster. Um, I'll pick Rondell Moore up just to see if he does better with Kyler Murray. And sure enough, he went and, uh, and did better with Kyler Murray. Now, technically, he was wide receiver three this week, right? Uh, third on the team in snap share and route rate behind both Hollywood Brown and Michael Wilson uh, in both targets. He still had more targets, uh, though, eight targets, uh, than both players, second to only Trey McBride, who, of course, had nine targets. And uh, I pulled a stat that uh, Alan Soslowski showed in um, – he does a sneaky ads, which is like the three, four-minute version of our hour-long video where he just has his uh, – where he just has his uh, handful of top pickups, tries to go under the radar. But he noted that Rondell Moore in six healthy games with Kyler Murray last year – now, you know, the, you know, we had an error with down to that – he averaged seven targets, five catches, and over 50 yards per game. Uh, so, you know, shout-out to Alan. Great uh, sneaky ads uh, stat there. So it uh, ma- makes things interesting for me. I mean, he's at Houston – that could be a game where they're going to have to throw. They're home against the Rams. They're at Pittsburgh, and then they have their bye. And um, I don't know. None of those teams are elite against receivers in PPR formats. So, uh, you know, Rondell Moore, and he's somebody that's still early on in his career, right? You know, it's still yeah. viable to think he could turn a corner if he got some decent quarterback play. And he's also someone that occasionally gets a carry in the run game too. So um, there's a lot of reasons to, uh, you know, consider him uh, with a lot of these receivers on bye. Yeah, another receiver that theoretically could get better uh, that I'm just completely out on is Jonathan Mingo, who we've mentioned a number of occasions. He continues to get targets, but we're talking about the worst, second-worst offense. There's the Patriots still. The second-worst offense in the league. I don't care if you're getting seven targets when you can get four yards with them. It, it, I, mm-hmm. I'm just I'm out on Jonathan Mingo. Unless you're Adam Thielen, there's no business rostering anybody on the Panthers, uh, and I don't think that changes except when they play the Packers in what, what Week 13, whatever that is. Uh, Joe, Joe Barry, we trust, will always make offenses look good. But that's the only scenario where I'm ever picking up anybody besides Adam Thielen. I mean, Joe Barry will make Chuba Hubbard look like a pro bowler. I don't yeah. know what Jonathan uh, yeah, Mingo is. But uh, anyway, you know, Jonathan Mingo is only 7% roster. Now, this is one of those where you look at what's going on on paper and you think that there's a lot of room to grow behind the scenes, right? So that's kind of why I highlighted him this week. He played every single snap with DJ Shark and LaVisca Chenault, both inactive. Um, seven targets is interesting. Obviously not that great when you only turn it into three for 20 yards. Adam Thielen got 10 targets. And um, what else did I have? Uh, Mingo actually had more air yards than Adam Thielen. So, um, you know, 
he should be putting up better numbers giving all of these underlying numbers but you know then we have Bryce Young just the general state of the Panthers offense here when he does get the ball he seems to pass the eye te- test for me so I don't know if he's going to grow here or if he's going to turn into the next Traylon Burks the guy that I love passes the eye test should be getting more opportunities can't stay on the field can't you know hey but uh so I I, I do get a little Traylon Burks syndrome with that but uh right now uh Jonathan Mingo might be uh Again, pick it up and stash type of situation here because I I do think there's room to grow. We have talked about the Chargers receivers a lot, specifically Quinton Johnston. Uh, I don't know. This might be my version of Traylon uh, Burks as well too, but Quinton Johnston finally had a pretty good game, drew two pass interference calls, which I wrote about in RotoWire, and the first one he absolutely should have caught and would have went for like 60 yards and a touchdown, so it would have been a massive day. Uh, that he was more involved was really encouraging. Again, the Chargers play the Packers this week. Everyone's going to go off. I mean, that's going to be a 500-yard game for the Chargers. I think uh, Eckler gets 200, Herbert throws for 400, and maybe Joe Barry gets fired after that one. Uh, maybe not. I mean, this is a perfect tank, tank commander. Like, that's that's what you want when you're trying to get a top-five pick. So I think Joe Barry stays around rest of season. But Jalen Guyton also got four catches for 48 yards and a score. I wrote about him as well, too, on Broadwire. I I don't think Guyton becomes – a significant factor, but he is getting a ton of playing time, which is going to matter against teams that uh, are going to have a lot of offense. The Packers just won't do that. So I'm not interested in guy. We have to remember that Josh Palmer is out for two more weeks, right? And, and, um, and listen, I'm not too worried about Keenan Allen's shoulder injury right now. They're calling him day to day with a shoulder injury. I'm not ready to, uh, I'm not ready to, to be concerned about this until he misses practice, right? Then, then maybe these guys bump, but so there are, there are scenarios between now and Sunday where, you know, we could uh, – where this circumstance could change here for uh, for these Chargers receivers. You just want to monitor them as a whole. And, um, and yeah, maybe Quinton, Quinton Johnston. Uh, there's still room for a breakout, right? He has the draft pedigree. Yeah. You see it in flashes, right? And he – I think there's nobody arguing that maybe he has more raw skill, at least uh, in terms of, you know, size and hands than Guyton. Guyton might have him in the speed department, but – um, I don't even think that, actually. A, a year off an ACL tear, I think Johnston is just as fast, if enough. not faster than Guyton. Okay. The, the only the only value is that Guyton was a good blocker and has been for a while, mm-hmm. but that was also like the selling point for Johnston being the first round. The, the Chargers are just comically mismanaged. I mean, that, that truthfully <laughs> is all there is. Like yeah. Guyton... Guyton should not. Guyton would not even be playing over Dontavian Wicks, who's the Packers' number four receiver. To put into some context how bad Guyton is, mm-hmm. but that's just what the Chargers are are doing and have done. So I, yeah. I'm not interested interested in him whatsoever. I'm not really interested in Elijah Moore, who feels like the two years older version of Jonathan Mingo. But Deshaun Watson looked capable in the second half against the Ravens. So maybe he's someone to monitor as well. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, he's in there. The other one I think we skipped is uh, Trent Irwin for the Bengals. Uh, no. He's only- that- <laughs> you I, I, like if I don't care if if T Higgins is back, Trenton Irwin is going to be more like. But uh, I, I, it looks like T Higgins is going to sit out on Thursday night football, right? Yeah, it's against the Ravens. Fair I, enough. Is, is there how, you, how many leagues are you in, Jake? This year, uh, eight. Is there any scenario in any of your eight leagues, and you play in some deep ones where you're like, if Irwin is available, he goes into my lineup. I, I'm um, in 15. And I can't find a single one. Maybe Fishbowl, but for what that's worth, I'm well out of the playoffs there. But I, so. <laughs> like, I don't even think at Fishbowl you would be playing Trent Irwin. Like your your mm-hmm. team can't need a receiver that bad. Yeah, you're right. It's tough against Baltimore, but uh, you know it looks better the rest of the season. But then of course Higgins will probably be back. 80% of snaps, 84% of routes, scored a touchdown. We at least got to mention it because he's going to show up on a lot of columns, and uh, you know. He's going to be ranked higher in in other areas than us, and we just need to defend our explanation why. Um, but, yeah, you're right. It would have to be pretty deep to go that route. I would rather have Steve Irvin than, than Trenton Irvin right now. Is that is that too soon? Can I can I not make that joke? Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> you were, like, processing. <laughs> no, I, like, uh, I, I was trying to do some sort of – I was actually trying to take it another level and do some kind of Tampa Bay Devil Ray joke, but like it wasn't coming to me. It wasn't coming to me, so yeah. I couldn't. Uh, yeah, I couldn't. Uh, and then I was like, okay, whatever. Yeah, I, I thought maybe it would come to me, but you know, we're not quite. That's there. that's probably good. That's probably good that we uh, only went to that level. I have been asked this question on four separate occasions: Is Christian Watson worthy of dropping, Jake? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there's obviously nuance to every question, but if you, you know, you got to hit me with the yes or no. Um, yeah, you definitely drop him for some of the names that we've discussed on this show. Um, now, of course, he's going to, he's going to burn 
you make me eat those words by having some sort of huge game against the Chargers, of course. But uh, it, it's a weird chemistry there, man. Uh, Love's thrown five picks when targeting Watson mm-hmm. this year. Um, he, we thought of Watson as a guy that's going to be able to fight for these balls, and he is clearly not that guy. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it, Dobbs is number one. I think Reed is number two. And then you've got a, a – I don't, like, I don't see Watson – too much higher in the pecking order than Wicks and Musgrave and those types of players. So, sure, grab them. Tech, Tech Wizard Harry is very upset. He's been saying Jaden Reed is the number one receiver, and I'm like, no, it's, it's Dobbs. But he he disagrees. Both of us agree, though, that they're either one of those guys is better than Watson. I would rather have Noah Brown. I would rather have Pop Douglas. Even though I don't like Brandon Cooks, I would rather have Brandon Cooks rest of season over mm-hmm. Christian Watson. I would rather have Rondell Moore rest of season than Christian Watson. So that's the level in which – I'm I'm down on him. The Packers offense isn't very good. Watson has been miserable. Not that he yeah. can't turn around. This like in dynasty formats, it's a different conversation. But if we're talking strictly redraft yeah. league, the guy that you're drafting in the fifth or sixth round is not there. Yeah, He's listen, the guys, player and, and we're going we're going to week eleven, right? Yep. You shouldn't worry about your draft capital for he was a fifth round pick, you know. He's just not producing. So you can cut bait at this point. Yeah, I, I agree. Christian Watson is absolutely worth a drop. Uh, real quick with the quarterbacks, we had mentioned Josh Dobbs last week. Uh, I, I think rest of season really is a guy that is going to be close to quarterback 12, given the rushing floor and likely getting Justin Jefferson back this yep. week when they take on the Broncos. Um, I had also mentioned Russell Wilson as my top five list, but there is Jordan Love too. What, what's what's your thoughts on how he's played the last two weeks specifically? I watched... Um... While using the restroom, I watched a nice highlight of Jordan Love's nice throws from this past week. And uh, (laughs) did you have to specify you did in the bathroom? Like, does that matter? Yeah, yeah, no, maybe I didn't need to do that. But but it was like right before the show, so that's where. Okay, okay. anyway, maybe I didn't. But uh, no, he uh, when when he's on, he's on. Jordan Love is capable of making all of these throws. Um, You know, when he gets time, even when he's pressured, he's still capable of making a lot of these throws. Um, So he's. He's very interesting, and he's down to 43% rostered. And I lost the fantasy matchup this week because I didn't have enough faith to put Jordan Love in my lineup and started Derek Carr instead. And, you know, you could say injuries, whatever. But Love is uh, very interesting. And the Chargers, I mean, the Packers' offense isn't the Lions' offense, but the Chargers' defense did not look like they could stop anybody on Sunday. So he's definitely in the conversation here. But as is Russell Wilson... You know, he's heading in the right direction. He's home uh, against the Vikings, who, again, a pretty uh, porous defense there. So all of these options are streamers here. But, I mean, the thing is, though, like, who are we really streaming here because of the bye weeks? You know, the Patriots, you weren't streaming Gardner, or Gardner Minshew wasn't your QB1. Right. Uh, Taylor Heineke slash Desmond Ritter wasn't your QB1. Derek Carr probably wasn't your QB1. I'll probably cut Derek Carr in Stake League, if I'm being honest, this week uh, for some of these options that we uh, that we discussed here because he is just right at that complete replacement level. And, you know, we'll see what, uh, you know, whatever happens with his injury. But um, it's not a huge week for streamers. But, um, you know, I was looking ahead, like, in, even in my 16-team league where uh, where I have Lamar Jackson and I don't have anybody else, and the quarterbacks on the waiver wire are atrocious, mm-hmm. I use my top waiver claim on Russell Wilson so that by the time week 14 comes around and I'm clawing for that playoff spot or week 13, whenever their buy is, I actually have a QB too, you know, because I'm starting to think about that because he's not going to stay on the wire after this week. So, um so, yeah, it's not a big streaming week, but uh, you can go ahead and pick up guys like Wilson and Love and not sweat too much about dropping them uh, next week or the week after uh, because if, if they don't turn the corner that you thought they would. But, uh, you know, maybe things are starting to click a little bit there. So part of what the streaming option isn't just guys that are on by, but also who's playing against who. So, for example, are you playing Matthew Stafford or Jordan Love over Deshaun Watson, who has the Steelers this week and just allowed Love to look pretty good? Um, yes, I would play them over to Sean Watson. Okay. Would you play Kyler Murray over Stafford or Jordan Love? Murray against the Texans in a yeah. shootout? I'm going to play Murray over both, both of those I think guys. I'm playing Murray as well, too. And All then the other one guys, I have yeah. to imagine people are asking, do you play Trevor Lawrence over either Stafford or Jordan Love? Lawrence going against the Titans defense this week. Yeah, they're at home. That over-under is under 40. Oof. Um, no, I, I still probably go Jordan Love in that situation. Um, I'm playing Trevor Lawrence in that one. That's that's kind of or, like oh that. no, shoot, shoot. I meant I meant to say Trevor Lawrence. Okay. even with that, yeah. No, you're right. I I don't know. I subconsciously said Jordan Love. Um, what about Justin Fields coming back at Detroit? How does he I, fit into this mix? 
I would I would be playing Russell Wilson or Stafford over just Fields. I don't know I don't know about Jordan Love. So can I can I rant on like like a minute and a half here on Jordan Love? You can give me yeah, give me thirty seconds here. I don't okay. know. Good, good thirty I've seconds. Had about enough, yeah, I uh, that like if that happens, if that game against the Steelers game where he throws for two hundred fifty yards, some really good throws. That touchdown pass to Jaden Reed was awesome. But I the thought one to Dobbs was excellent too. Yeah, the decision-making process throughout the game. He threw he Wicks open while about to confident. get hurt. Yeah, exactly. If, if that happens the entire year, my optimism for the Packers, even if they have the same record and Joe Barry is still the defensive coordinator, is miles high because that's – that. I, tur- I turned to my wife while we were watching that game, and this is the first time I felt like Aaron Rodgers and not, and not like, oh, Aaron Rodgers' 2010-11 season where they win the Super Bowl. But rookie starting year not rookie year but starting year for Aaron Rodgers that team went 6 and 10 they weren't very good they lost a lot of one score games the talented receiver was way better the offensive line was way better for Aaron Rodgers in his debut season but that felt like what I what I remember in his very first year and that was encouraging but if it, if if he looks bad again next week it all goes away and I understand Joe it's a young player inconsistencies happen he's got way worse supporting cast everywhere but I need to see growth and steady, consistent growth. Yeah. So no, I don't feel confident starting Jordan Love this week. But yeah. it, this no, was a right. two-week stretch now where he's looked mm-hmm. good. I mean, growth is what I saw last week. That was real yeah. growth. Um, if he takes a step back or falters, you know, that doesn't completely cancel out the growth that he's made. But then we'll just see how it happens next week. Um, it just you cannot replicate live game apps action in the National Football League. No matter where you learn, how many practice reps, whatever you get, and I think he's still getting those reps. I'm not. I know it's gloom and doom for Packers fans, but I'm not quite there yet. Um, oh, I mean, I'm I'm well past gloom and doom. We're we're like, I'm know, I'm you, okay you, if we I'm, I'm okay like, if we I, want. For I, break, okay, listen, I want him to fire Barry. There's no Packer fan that doesn't want them to fire Barry, but um, I am not completely sold on fire the coach, fire the GM, clean the entire house out, and start over. I've been there for a month now, and it really hasn't changed, yeah. even though they looked good. So this is this. Is, I mean, like. I guess my my pessimism is because I know they won't. Uh, Mark Murphy, who is the de facto general manager for the Packers, his mandated retirement age is not the end of this season, but the end of next season. So it'd be very uncomfortable for Mark Murphy to fire Gutenkunz, the general manager, and fire Matt Lafleur, and then leave the following year and possibly restart that whole cycle. So everyone's coming back for one more year, and that's why I'm more pessimistic. Is that we're just going to have the same crap come over uh, for? Really, a three-year stretch because they did not do well even last year in Rodgers' final season. So that's yes. enough. Enough Packer okay. ranting. Yes, exactly. So we're done with that. Uh, I what thirty seconds, three minutes, whatever. Um, anyway, sorry. so where were we? Okay, so quick hits on two quarterbacks. I mean, Taylor Heineke exited the game with a hamstring injury. Desmond Ritter came back in, didn't look terrible. Atlanta was on a bye week this week, so uh, you know can't really do anything with that. Same thing with the Patriots; they're on a bye. Mac Jones, Rage Bent, Bailey Zappi, uh, final drive. Who knows if that sticks? Just, you know, news and notes. Nothing too, uh, nothing too crazy in the two-quarterback league here. Stafford, of course, is expected to be back. He has the bye to prepare. He's interesting. Um, tight ends here. It's pretty much all retreads for me. Nothing really new on the tight end scope here. Last week we talked about Otten, Juwan Johnson, Johnny Smith, the Corey Stoll, Albert O, o- combo. And, uh, oh, they were on bye, so we, we, get, we get a pass on that. Exactly. We do get a pass. Um I did look yesterday, and Trey McBride is only 59% rostered. That is way too low. Um, he's a, t- a top 12 tight end, I think, rest of the season. We were wondering if uh, the Clayton Tune to uh, Kyler Murray, if they were going to get targeted enough. I think the scheme just uh, makes it uh, makes things wide open for McBride, and he's converting all his catches, so he's interesting. And then, geez, two guys that have probably made half of our shows all year long, right? Donald Parham we have to bring up again because Gerald Everett left with a back injury, um, and Green Bay gets torched over the middle with soft zone. Um, so a big, big body like uh, Donald Parham is going to have a matchup advantage over any safety the Packers throw at him, um, you know, especially after Zul Douglas is no longer in that secondary. And then on the other side of that matchup, I you know, I got to shut out uh, Luke Musgrave a little bit. He, he might have the worst balance among tight ends that I can see, but he's getting targeted in the middle field a lot, and a lot of what we thought was going to happen early in the season is starting to happen again. With this offense is doing well, um, he is a part of it. Um, I still, that's probably only viable in two tight end leagues or those like the fishbowl where he's probably already rostered. So, uh, anyone to add any comments on those tight ends? It's not really yeah, an exciting. Yeah, the, the Parham thing will be interesting. You mentioned the Chargers. I don't, uh, they, they only gave him what I think it was 29 snaps or 31 offensive snaps. You still had uh, a rotating group of stone smarts of the world that were also a factor. 
just because it makes sense for Donald Parham to get involved if Gerald Everett were missed time doesn't mean that's what's going to happen. I I, I don't mm-hmm. I think sooner Austin Eckler gets 200 combined yards yeah. and Donald Parham being a factor over the middle, like he'll still get two catches for 40 yards. It'll be if he gets that third one in the red zone that that makes a difference. But yeah, same with Musgrave, uh, the balance thing. I mean, that was his mo coming out of college, which is interesting that it still carries over uh, into into professional football here, but mm-hmm. uh, not, he's going to catch the ball, but he's going to fall to the ground in the process without being touched. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, pretty, pretty reliably. We have a lot of uh, questions from a starting perspective and trade uh, perspective, Jake. So real quick, uh, one minute hitter on streamers. Okay. Yeah. So Miami 41% rostered their home against Las Vegas Raiders and Aiden O'Connell. Um, even better, or maybe where you I don't know. We got Detroit, 30%. They're home against the Bears. The return of Justin Fields, where there will likely be a little bit of rush. Rust, it is still the Bears on the road. So, um, you know, they're interesting. The number one ranking um, by Jerry, and I believe, I, I didn't quite catch pain. Um, and I'm right here with you is the Washington Commanders. Now, listen, they're, mm-hmm. um, they've been dreadful in a lot of situations. They've been scored on, and they've traded away their good players. But they're playing the Giants at home and the good fella Tommy DeVito. The Giants' implied total in this game is 13.5 points. Under. Um, <laughs> yes. Take the under. <laughs> yes, yes, under. And then, uh, you know, again, I've seen a lot of people saying go start the Chargers defense after seeing Love's picks at the end of that game and, you know, the state of the offensive line. I don't believe they'll them. They'll get some sacks. They will, yeah, but that's fine. Yeah. They'll, yeah, they'll get into some sacks, but, you know, they're, again, we think the def- Green Bay offense is growing a little bit, even if it's baby steps. Chargers... Heading heading east, um, I just I don't know. It's came up in too many columns I'm seeing, and I don't trust this Chargers a lick compared to Miami, Detroit, and Washington, all of which are uh, decent streaming. I, I agree with you. Yeah, I, as as pessimistic yeah. pessimistic as I am, I agree with you. And I and I trust the Jaguars over the Chargers too. They've came up a lot, twenty percent. Oh, against Will terrible Levis. last week, but they're home against Will Levis, who is yeah. uh, definitely going through some rookie pains right now. Um, but maybe, I don't know, maybe it's a big DeAndre Hopkins game. Anyway, those are those are a tier below, but Miami, Detroit, and Washington are the three defenses you're looking to stream this week. I might have talked myself into ranking Washington number one. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, but it's I'm, Miami, Washington, 1A, 1B, and then Detroit. Yeah, I, I agree with you. There was, I think, three or four games with double-digit point spreads, but the only one that's probably available – reliably is the commander's defense out there. And I know they trade away their guys. I don't think it matters. That's that's how bad the Giants' offense is overall. All right, so a lot of different questions. This one asking Jake, he's trying to trade for Jamar Chase. Realistically, would you be comfortable giving up some sort of package that involves Ramondre Stevenson, uh, Dalton Schultz, or Trey McBride and Fields for Chase to improve at receiver? Maybe he has to throw in A.J. Dell. It's tough with these questions when they're only listing their roster and not somebody else's. But they have mentioned their quarterback. The other the other team who has Jamar Chase has Trevor Lawrence. So could Fields be enticing to you in that scenario? I mean, I he's trying to trade for Chase? Yes, trying to trade for Jamar Chase. That person who has Jamar yeah. Chase also has Trevor Lawrence. I mean, sure, go ahead and offer him three, four fringe starters. But, like, isn't this, like, the, the, the epitome of, like, bad fantasy trades that we see all over the place? I'll give you three or four players that I don't necessarily need in my stuff. Yes. Here are my three best bench players for the possibly the best wide receiver in the league. Like, you're going to have to offer him something tangible for that to work. Otherwise, that's an instant reject button here. So Yeah, it's it's always your rule of thumb who's getting the best player in that deal. Well, it would obviously be Jamar Chase. But the question is, do enough of those scrubby guys. And Ramondre Stevenson is a scrubby, and neither is Fields. But doing like you have to have the right roster that you're trading with that they need multiple pieces. Mm-hmm. And at this point, basically, of the season, you're giving up Chase to, to get a bunch of really hard lineup decisions every week. Yeah, nobody right. wants uh, that. I, I agree. Uh, in a 12 man league, uh, my quarterbacks are Sam Howell, or this person, the users are, are Sam Howell and Trevor Lawrence. He is being offered Tua. Would Tua and his schedule, which is not very good for a playoff perspective, be enough of an upgrade over Sam Howell, who is, I think, top six overall in fantasy uh, quarterbacks, and Trevor Lawrence, who I'm not selling any shares of right now. I think he will bounce back at some point. Ooh, I didn't, I didn't even realize the tough playoff schedule for two. I actually turned down someone offered me two and Pollard for Kelsey. I think we talked about that last week, and I turned it down, and I started. I was regretting it a little bit the week after, and now I'm thinking, okay, I'm glad I did that because uh, look at these uh, jump matchups here. But, but no, I think two. It is enough of an upgrade. Uh, what, what are they trying to? What do they have to give up? Uh, they didn't say what they're going to give up, but that's that's hard with these questions. Like I would like to know you're taking a good quarterback on a uh, with some serious weapons 
and they're getting A-Chain back. I don't know how much that affects Tua, but I don't know. Interesting. I, 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 still, I think he's a significant enough upgrade that you would want to trade a little. You could kick in a side piece with one of those guys to get Tua back for sure. It really depends on what the deal would look like, but I, I actually feel very confident that I could make a championship-winning team streaming Trevor Lawrence and Sam Howell the rest of the season. So, uh, Would you trade Zay Flowers straight up for Mark Andrews? I have Lamar Jackson already. Yes, I, I will take the Mark Andrews side of that deal every single time, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Just, uh, I mean, they're they're similar scorers even without the position scarcity factor, so take the tight end. Uh, Trey McBride or Sam Laporta, rest of season? I love McBride, but I'm still going with Laporta. Yeah, I, I had said, I have done this deal now twice where I have traded Sam Laporta when I already have Trey McBride on my roster. Mm-hmm. And in that instance, I traded for Rashad White two weeks before his breakout, uh, and I traded for like some version of a, an upgrade at quarterback where I had Dak Prescott or Kyler Murray. So I, I actually feel very confident trading mm-hmm. Sam Laporta, but that's only if your league values Sam Laporta the way he should exactly. be. That's, yeah. that's the mean, only issue with this. McBride's done it for two weeks. Laporta's done it all season long, right? And I think uh, both are going to continue to do it all season long. Um, you know, if I had to say, if, if it's A or B, got to pick one, it's Laporta. But uh, I think you could you would be fine making a deal for one of them. DK Metcalf or Puka Nakua moving forward? Um... Assuming Stafford's back, I gotta say Puka. Okay, that's uh, I took. Assuming DK Stafford Metcalf. stays healthy. Yeah, I took DK Metcalf knowing the Seahawks defense isn't very good, uh, and I think there's gonna be rest of season value for both these guys. But I, I like DK Metcalf with the touchdown potential, which is the one area that Puka Nakua hasn't looked good, and especially with Cooper Cup back, his value has fallen off just a little bit. And so I, you I know, went here's DK an interesting Metcalf. stat in standard formats: DK Metcalf hasn't had double digit fantasy points since week three. Puka Nakua hasn't? DK Metcalf. Oh, DK Metcalf. In he hasn't point. scored a touchdown since week three. Hmm. Yeah, I'll, anyway. still, I'll still go DK Metcalf. Uh, last four, question sorry, here. Week four. My apologies. Uh, I replaced Saquon. Jeff Rogers says I replaced Saquon Barkley with Rashad White at running back two. But would I flex or should I flex Saquon or Puka? I don't know the scoring system. That matters to me in this one. Yeah, man. What a great problem to have. <laughs> what a great problem to have. Uh, just be happy. Count your lucky stars, Jeff, and toss a coin. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think I'm going Puka. Uh, although the the Commanders' defense is way worse than was the Cowboys, and that's when Saquon Barkley wasn't involved. I think I'm going Puka in full point PPR, but standard it would be Saquon Barkley uh, all the this, way. This me. question could be the same ten weeks with the same opponents, and each of them are going to have five good games. Like, yeah, that's that's why they ask us the questions, the hard ones, Jake, so they can yeah, uh, blame exactly. us if we're wrong. But okay. There are some questions that are so close that are actually true coin tosses, and that's uh, coin tosses, and that's uh, one of the tough parts to relay here. Yeah. Okay. I don't have a strong lean there. Okay, maybe maybe Puka six out of ten. Let's just say that. <laughs> All right, that does it for us on this edition of the Tuesday Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Of course, we'll be back in next week to get you set for those Week Twelve waivers and get you ever closer to the fantasy playoffs. Again, thanks everyone for listening, and best of luck to your fantasy lineups.